Let's pray. God, we welcome you in this place this morning. Lord, we welcome you in our hearts and in our minds. God, I pray that in this time as we listen to your word and um, tune our hearts to the voice of your spirit, God, will you give us ears to hear? Will you give us eyes to see? God, will you make us to be transformed into your willing and active people in the world? We love you, God. We love you and we worship you today. And we come in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, welcome to Abbey Way this morning. I'm Pastor Laura. It's really good to have all of you here today. And this summer, we have been talking at Abbey Way about our values. Over the, um, the fall and the spring last year, we kind of honed in on some of our core values. And so this summer, we have been unpacking them as based on Jeremiah 6.16, which you heard read in our lesson reading today from Ken. So far, we have covered our values of asking. We value asking at Abbey Way. We value listening. We've also talked about that. We value also seeing. Jan preached on that last week. So if you've missed any of these over the course of the summer, I encourage you, you can go back and listen to the podcast on our website. Um, but today we turn to the last of our four values, which is responding. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask what the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. We ask, we listen, we see, and we respond. Walk in it. Walk in that good way. They say walking is good for you. They say that physical activity doesn't need to be complicated. This I got from Mayo Clinic's website. <laughs> they say walking can help you maintain a healthy weight prevent or manage various conditions, including heart disease, high blood pressure, etc. It can strengthen your bones and your muscles, improve your mood, I like that one, as well as improve your balance and your coordination. I also like that. All of us clumsy people, we should be out walking. It's going to help us. Um, Mayo says the faster, the farther, and the more frequently you walk, the greater the benefits. But of course, they go on to say, you must also consider your walking technique. This is real. I stole this all from their website. Thank you, Mayo, for <laughs> informing my sermon this morning. Um, so consider your walking technique, everyone. Walking requires good posture and purposeful movements, such as these four things. Your head is up. You're looking around not at the ground. Your neck and shoulders and back are relaxed, not stiffly uptight, you know? That's when you know you haven't been on a walk in a long time if you're like so intense that you're not just relaxed. Number three, you're swinging your arms freely and with a slight bend in your elbows. A little pumping with your arms is okay. <laughs> that's what they say. A little pumping, that's what I imagine the pumping to be. 
Um, your stomach muscles are slightly tightened, you know, not so much to be uncomfortable, but you've like engaged your core and your back is straight, not arched forward, which would be like, you've really got somewhere to go, or backward, being like, I don't know, you're being like pulled along on this walk or something. But just, you know, you're, you've got good alignment, your back is straight, your core is engaged. You know, just like in walking, um, when it comes to our value of responding here at Abbey Way, responding to God, responding to others, responding to our own selves, embracing and engaging in this life that we've been given, I've been thinking we've got to consider our technique. Surely responding, like walking, requires good posture and purposeful movement. So number one, I'm, I will continue to borrow from Mayo Clinic. Your head is up. In responding as in walking, your head is up. You're looking around, not at the ground. We are God's people in the world. We are out in the world. We are out in it. Paying attention, responsive to others, responsive to God. We wonder, what is God doing? What is God doing? We're looking around, not looking down, we're not looking back behind us. You know, we're, we're out, we're looking, our heads are up. What is God doing? How can I respond to what God is doing? How can I be a part of that? In other words, we don't hide. We're out in the world and we're not hiding that we're out in the world. We're up there, our heads are up, we're paying attention. We do not withhold ourselves or withdraw from the world or from God or try and hide from being who we are. We are who we are. And our heads are held high while we're doing it. We keep our heads up. We see what and who is around us, what is happening and what isn't happening. And we explore what has got your attention these days. I wonder, as you're walking out in this world, what has your attention been drawn to? Yeah, your head's up, you're looking around. We inevitably kind of hone in on things. Why is that your focus? How are you noticing God's presence and activity in that place that you've been paying attention to? Maybe it's like in world events, maybe it's in your own life, maybe it's in your family system, maybe it's at work. What's got your focus? And how are you noticing God's presence and activity in that place? What has been your response? I am most challenged and inspired by the people who bring themselves fully to the work that they've been given. The people who are like walking around with heads up and they're like engaged. The dad who is raising and tending the kind, gentle, resourceful, and sturdy souls of the next generation. You know, the business person of good character who is uncompromising in their integrity five, 10, 20 years. I see and am inspired by the volunteer who is 80 and she has seen the need and is still showing up, offering her calm, non-anxious, gracious presence lovely little smile, light heart, 
week after week, month after month, year after year. In responding, like in walking, our heads are up. And we bring ourselves fully and pay attention to who and what is before us. In responding, like walking, number two, your neck and shoulders and back are relaxed, not stiffly upright. I like this one. This is a good one. Because a key technique of responding is that um, you have to know that there's a big difference between responding, which is that relaxed posture, and reacting, which is stiffly uptight. <laughs> For example, that person that drives you crazy, oftentimes, frankly, somebody that you really love a lot, <laughs> and they drive you crazy, they say or do that something that just irritates you like none other. You feel the anger rising. I feel it like getting hot in my stomach or, I don't know. You feel the anger rising, your heart starts pounding, your defenses, your rebuttal, your critique is ready. <laughs> like, why are you doing that again? Da -da 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 -da. Um, and your words come flying out of your mouth like a one-two punch and you're just like, boom, boom, take that. That's reacting, right? So you know what reacting looks like for yourself. You probably can imagine something. When we react, we're running on autopilot. And you know, that we're just, we're running on autopilot. We say and we do things without thinking first. It often sounds like blaming or misinforming or exaggerating events. Sometimes reacting actually looks like hiding or denying that something is going on. React, we react even in a kind of a quiet and passive aggressive way. Sometimes it looks like complaining or relying on and rehearsing worst case scenarios. Stiff, uptight, and rigid are good describers of a reactive stance. There's not a lot of flexibility there. However, when we respond to that person who always seems to push our buttons in just that way, it looks a lot different. A responding posture looks a lot different. And it's a posture we can learn. Responding involves being thoughtful and breathing deep. Like really the taking deep breaths is key. I often like count to four and then count to four again, breathing out. <laughs> you know, it's just like you gotta breathe through it. We can respond with less anxiety. We actually can respond with less anxiety to people, to one another, and with more awareness of our feelings while not letting our feelings drive the bus. So we can feel authentically, it's fine, and fine, feel angry. We feel angry sometimes, but we can feel angry and be aware of our emotions without letting our anger totally be that impulsive control place where it just like goes off the handle. Responding means that we're learning with the help of others to manage those natural impulsive behaviors and responses, reactions, sorry, reactions. We can respond calmly and assertively our response doesn't mean that we just don't say anything or don't do anything. Rather, we can engage with, as a non-anxious presence and assert ourselves and say, well, that wasn't okay. Why did you say that to me like that? 
that hurt my feelings. How are we going to work this out now? You know? Responding involves speaking for yourself, asking questions, and seeking understanding as you focus on the larger purposes of in the relationship than just winning the argument or proving your point. In responding like walking, your neck, shoulders, and back are relaxed, not stiffly uptight. Number three, in responding like walking, you're swinging your arms freely with a slight bend in your elbows and a little pumping with your arms is okay. <laughs> okay, big O and K. In our responding to God and others as we walk together in God's good way, like Jeremiah 6.16 says, we, as we go about our work in the world as individuals and together as a church, as a community of faith, Swing those arms freely as you're walking. As we're walking, we are free. We are freely walking. I dare say that if we were to respond to and trade with one another, the items of delight or enjoyment or generosity, there'd be much less space for indifference, fear, and stinginess to stock the shelves of our hearts. We could deal and trade more in delight and enjoyment and generosity. I just think that fear, we wouldn't have room for those jars, you know? Like seeing it on the shelf. We don't have, it's like the cans of tomatoes. Sorry, tomatoes. I don't like you. Peaches. We'll go, whatever your chosen is. A little pumping of your arms is okay. Let's not forget, as we're on this walk, as we're doing this this life with one another and with God, that we can have some fun. At times I get so serious about life and take myself so seriously that I fail to see and engage with God's call, playful call and response to me. Just do this with me, Laura. Not for the results or for fixing the problem or because it's even the right thing to do, just do it with me because it is good in and of itself. Just be with me because it is good in and of itself. I think prayer is like that. Just in and of itself. God calls to us, responds to us from this place that's just, like, just be with me. I think that God wants to show us and help us experience the, ex the essential goodness of who he is, the essential goodness of those he has made in his likeness, formed by his hand. I think of this kind of like grandparents playing with their grandchildren. How you don't have to justify that. Just watching kids play, you know? Playing with them. It is good, it is good in and of itself. We don't have to justify that. We don't have to be like, oh good, we're, we're playing because we're like, I don't know, working on our neurons and our brains and <laughs> the kids are getting healthier and we wanna teach them good manners so we're gonna teach them how to share. Just, we just let them play and it's good. We just watch them and that in itself is good. We don't even have to justify it but we taste in those moments the goodness, the essential goodness of who God is, too. 
and of who God has made us to be in those moments. That is good because we, we have an essentially good God who lets us freely swing our arms <laughs> as we're walking out this life. You know, the Westminster Catechism has this line that says, which I tweaked slightly, humanity's chief end, our chief end, is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Chief end to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. What if we went after that a little more seriously? I was swinging on the swings next to a little girl yesterday that I was with. And as we were swinging, we're just swinging. And she, all of a sudden, she just tells me, my life is a fun life. She's like, I get a little bored sometimes, but my life is fun. As we're like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. I was like, yeah, girl. You do, yes, your life is a fun life. And I... <laughs> I heard in her voice this awareness that, like, yes, life could be boring. She's hit on some boring parts of life. Uh, but she was determined that hers was going to be a fun one. Determined. Like, that boring kind of life? I'm not living that one. I'm going to have a full and active embrace and engagement with the good life that I've been given. I want a little... Ooh. That's fun. I want a little more of that sense of determination to respond with delight in life. I want to set my heart towards that. Those are, I mean, those are the people I want to be around. This little girl I was with on the swings, I'm like, I like being with you. I want to be with you. I enjoy, I enjoy you. And she was enjoying me, I think, too. In responding like walking, you're swinging your arms freely with a slight bend in your elbows. A little pumping with your arms is okay. Like, I've done it. Or it's like, wave offering. All right, number four, last one. In responding like walking, your stomach muscles are slightly tightened and your back is straight, not arched forward or backward. There are moments I experience sometimes when I'm talking to someone or deciding to do something, and something good happens. It's like this, some, this, I realize I'm using like something in somewhat a lot, but something happens <laughs> inside of me, and it's good. And it starts in my stomach, again, a different kind of feeling than the anxious, angry. Um, a good feeling <laughs> starts in my stomach, and it like shoots straight up to the top of my head, and then it like goes down to my soles of my feet and it's like I'm not even sure what it was it what it is but it comes over me certain at certain times in life not very often but when it is I'm like okay all right and um, it's like this sense of belief or conviction or um, or like intuition I don't know it feels like a steel rod inside of me like I know that I know that I know that I know and it always starts in my core. And it's this mysterious moment when I know who I am and I know what I'm supposed to do 
and those things come into alignment and I know it, you know? Like I'm fully aware, like I know who I am and I know what I'm to do and I, and I, and I know it. <laughs> I tell you, that does not happen all the time for me. Maybe some of you that happens a little more frequently. Like you know that you know and you're just like in the world in that steel rod place or something. I have goals for that. That's not how it happens for me most of the time. But I know that it's the work of the Spirit of God. Like the steel rod is like the Spirit of God. And it is something that is just, you know that you know that you know. As we seek and respond to the Lord's presence in our midst, as we seek and respond to love our neighbors, we must engage our core and stand tall. And God's spirit does that in us. It's God's spirit who does that in us. And at times we'll know in our responding just exactly who we are as God's person in the world and we'll know what is our work to do and to be about and we'll do it. We'll do it. Whether or not we even see the fruit right away, we're gonna keep doing it because we know who we are we know that it's our work to do, and we know that it's the Spirit of God who is calling us and leading us into that good and beautiful work. And as often, you know, or infrequently, as I feel the steel rod place, perhaps more often, there are times when we will be afraid to respond. You know, I don't feel that, like, know that I know that I know place all the time. At times, we will be afraid to respond to our family member or our boss. We will feel overcome by grief and by pain. We will feel pressured to back down and to stay silent. We will be confused about what to do and what not to do. I knew a little boy, a little two-year-old boy, who had to go to the doctor and he was sad and afraid to go to the doctor. He did not like, he did not like his trips to the doctor. In fact, he was sad and afraid the whole time before, during, and after his trip to the doctor. But do you know what? He did it. He was sad and afraid, and he did it. I find that so hopeful. And do you know what his mom said to him? She said, you were sad and afraid to go to the doctor today, but you did it. You did it. And I find that to be just a word of grace, that we are afraid and we have the hard conversation. We are confused and we take the next step, we do the next right thing in faith. We don't have all the information. We want all of the information and we don't have it. And we still engage and give it a try. We are ignored, we have been ignored, and we speak up again. We doubt we doubt, and Jesus still entrusts us with his mission. 
We doubt, and Jesus still entrusts us with his mission, you and I, to respond to God and to others with love and humility, with justice and mercy. When we feel it in our bones like a steel rod, and when we feel like we're barely keeping our head above the water, God gives us the grace and the resilience to engage our core and to stand tall. And sometimes he just, like, brings friends alongside to help. I don't want us to think we're doing this by ourselves, because we surely are not. Sometimes we rely on others, like the friend on the mat, to bring us before Jesus. But God gives us the faith to believe, to step again in love, to respond again in love. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask what the good way is. And walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. We're walking in it, church. We are walking. We're walking in it. Walking in God's good way. I see us now. I see us now walking. Our minds and our hearts and our bodies engaged and responsive. Our heads are up. We're looking around. Not at the ground, not at the path behind us, but with eyes forward. Our necks and shoulders and backs are relaxed, not stiffly upright and uptight. Our arms swing freely at our sides with a slight bend in our elbows because we're walking on purpose. And there's the occasional pumping of the arms. That's okay. Our stomach muscles are slightly tightened, for we are using our core strength, empowered by the Spirit of God. And our backs are straight. We walk tall, for we are God's people in the world. We are God's people in the world. We walk tall, for there is one who carries our burdens. And he goes before us on the good way, sometimes coming behind, bringing up the rear. And he's a man. He's human like us. Though sometimes visible, oftentimes he is not. Nonetheless, he is always leading and guiding us on the way. We listen for him. As we are walking, we listen for him. For his words fall on our ears like a song in the wind. And he calls to us again. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, and as you are going, train everyone you meet near and far in this way of life 
marking them by the baptism in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And have I not commanded you, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I'll be with you as you do this. I will be with you as you do this, day after day after day, surely right up till the end of the age. We hear his voice call to us again today, church. He awaits our response. Amen.